Price. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Marcus Wong, and today I've got Ken back in the studio with me. Today we are talking about two things, time management and habits. Uh, and more specifically for this podcast, we're talking about how we can use our time um, and how do we create habits to follow Jesus and to do it better each day. I think the tension when it comes to time management is, although we all have great intentions with our time and habits, intentions don't always get us to where we want to be. The horrible thing about regret with time is that we can never get it back. But to kick us off, Ken, I want to ask you a question. Um, what are your struggles when it comes to either the topic of time management um, or habits in your everyday life? Yeah, hey Marcus, I'm glad to be back to be able to kind of talk about this subject. I feel time management and habits, it's something that no one can avoid and everyone somehow will always say, oh, this is my struggle or, or pray for, for me and my, my time management. For me, my one of my biggest struggles I'd say is the curse of our generation, which is using the phone too much. When I check, I got one of those digital well-being apps recently and I check it, and on average, I almost use my phone two to three hours a day. Wow. And I, and I think the biggest curse of that is that's actually a huge distraction in life. Uh, there's some statistics that do say that people check their phone once every four minutes. Uh, that might be me. Mm. And I spend that time then, that means I'm looking for ways to entertain myself or looking for ways to distract myself, and I'm finding that that eats away from time of actually reflecting and thinking about God. Uh, and I don't know if people who are listening out there ever use their phone in bed. I'm also a huge criminal of doing mm. that. Do you find it hard to fall asleep when you're using the phone in bed? Uh, I don't have a problem with falling asleep, but more that after using the phone for so long, I suddenly look at the clock and I realize too much time has gone by. Yeah. Uh, and it's just such a tremendous waste. Uh, but there is positive, positive ends, obviously, to phone usage as well. But I suspect um, it's pretty tough when you're hanging out with your friends and you're still checking your phone all the time. Mm. Uh, Marcus, what about you? Uh, for me, I, yeah, I, really, I really relate to the phone issue. Um, I was reading a book the other day about um, certain chemicals that our brain produces or um, secretes when we are... Um, when we receive a message, or maybe you get a comment, you're tagged in a meme, uh, someone likes your photo, uh, that gives us a hit of dopamine. And it says sometimes your brain can get so addicted to the dopamine that it produces phantom vibrations of the phone. And when I heard that, I was really ashamed because I immediately could identify. I checked my phone so many times thinking that it has vibrated, but nothing has changed. Yeah, my pocket shakes all the time as well. Yeah. Phantom shakes. Uh, but for me, um, another struggle that I have with time management um, is I sometimes overcommit um, the time that I think that I have or the time that I think is free for me to commit. Um, and also sometimes I make decisions that are not necessarily in line with my priorities. Easiest example is I say, to me, family is one of my biggest priorities, um, but I don't always make time um, or I'm intentional about creating time for, uh, for my parents um, or even my, my sister and her family. But 
uh, not just wanting to talk about our struggles today, but hopefully we've got a little bit of um, insight or some wisdom that we can share that can help our listeners when it comes to these two topics today. Um, the first thing that we want to hone in on is time management. And I think for me, the opening thought is every time it comes to time, people always say, oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm really time poor. But I think when people say that they're time poor, it means that they think that there are people that are time rich. But there isn't really this poverty gap when it comes to time. Everyone is given the same amount of time each day. So you and I, we might not live the same length of time, or hopefully we live similar lengths and long lengths, but when we break it down day by day, we find ourselves often running out of time um, and we seem to be resigned to being time poor. But I don't think time is necessarily a quantity issue. It's a management issue. So Marcus, when you think when you say time poor, are you kind of thinking more that people feel like they're running out of time or they lack time compared um, to someone else? Yeah, I think I think people often are say they often say that they're time poor mainly as a tool to explain how busy they are, which is the precursor to explaining why they can't do something else. So I can't make it to this, I can't commit to these things because I'm really time poor. So one of the things that I wanted to share with um, our listeners is we don't want to just fire off time management skills for the sake of it, um, but this, these things actually have to help us follow Jesus better. So to quick, quickly share from Ephesians 5 verses 15 to 16, it says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most out of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Or another translation in the ESV says, making the best use of the time. So I think we have to be very careful, like verse 15 says. Um, and being careful means to know about the traps and to be disciplined in navigating the traps when it comes to how we live our days. Or put another way, how we use our time. Uh, another verse is in Psalm 90 verse 12. Um, scripture tells us that teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So this is written by Moses, and if we know how to be wise and steward the time that we've been given by God, we will gain a heart of wisdom. But I think another thing that this verse tells us is that time management and the wisdom that comes with that, it comes from God. So one of the first things that we have to do is to actually ask God for his help and his wisdom. So all that we're talking about in this podcast today is not self-help, because self-help starts with me as the focal point. But God's help starts with Him as the focal point. So I want that to be the driving question every day for me. How do I use this time that will honor God? Um, so I thought I'd talk through two ways that I usually think about time management um, broadly. It's how I plan my day and how I plan my week. I reckon when it comes to my day, it's important to understand there's certain things that I just don't get to control, right? There are things that we must do uh, or places that we have to be. I need to pay the bills, so I have to go to work. I need rest for my body, so I have to go to sleep. I have a wife who demands that I not stink, so I have to take showers. 
But stewarding my time in a way that honors God is not just time around those compulsory activities, but it can also be about setting boundaries in respect of those activities. So a quick example is when it comes to sleep, sure, I might set an alarm to wake up, but maybe I might also set an alarm to go to sleep. So that gives me the right amount of rest so that I can be more productive for the rest of my day. Uh, another example is when it comes to work, maybe I'm willing to burn the midnight oil at work for one to two nights a week, but maybe this year it's about being brave and disciplined to have a conversation with my boss to say when it comes to Wednesday or Thursday nights, those nights are set apart for an outside of work commitment, um, and whether that's family time, grow group, or a date night with my wife. Um, it's about being um, willing to be disciplined, even though work happens every day. When it comes to sleep, Marcus, and you mentioned setting an alarm, how much do you reckon for you is kind of that right time? Yeah, great question. It fluctuates. Uh, on average, I'm, I'm trying to be in bed by 11. Um, once my head hits the pillow, I'm out. So that's a, that's a gift. That's a blessing from God that I'm very grateful for. Um, and then I usually try to wake up either at uh, six to exercise, or if I don't exercise, I'll wake up at seven to go to work. Yeah, dedication. <laughs> um, so those are the more essential parts of the day. Um, so let's say, let's just say on average, that's eight hours of sleep, eight, eight to 10 hours of work. Um, sometimes you're really left with only, after mealtime as well, there's really only about three to four hours of free time left in the day. Uh, I think those are the hours where the return on investment um, of my time tends to sit at the extremes. In other words, um, it can either be the most productive use of my free time at night after work, or sometimes it's an absolute write-off in front of the couch or um, in front of the TV on the couch. Um, but some questions that might be helpful for listeners to think about when it comes to those few discretionary hours um, Number one is, does this build my character, my understanding, or my knowledge, right? So any activity, that's a useful question. Um, and another question is, how much of this is a reasonable and wise amount? Uh, another question is, what am I going to do after this activity? And I think it's useful to know that because if I know that I'm going to read a book after watching a program, that at least tells my brain that, this program is it, and we're not going to you know, watch three or four episodes of the same show. Uh, and the last question is, did I do the same thing yesterday? Is this a helpful routine in my life, or is it something that I can do less frequently? That's when it comes to the day. And then when it comes to the week, uh, it's pretty similar principles with um, what I was just talking about. But I think often with the week schedule, a lot of people don't leave any room for God to challenge them. In other words, if your week is filled with activities every night, you might be playing futsal, you might have family dinner, you might have you know, meetings, you don't necessarily leave any breathing room in the week to respond to God's prompting or his challenges, which often come out of the blue. Maybe a friend needs to have a chat, but you've just not got any room in your week to fit them in. That's an opportunity to show love that's been wasted because simply we haven't been disciplined to create breathing room in our week. 
Um, another thing when it comes to the week is Saturday, I often find a lot of us want to claim Saturday for ourselves because sure, I work hard Monday to Friday and you know this is, this is my day, I've worked hard all week. Um, but often that's when the harvest is extra ripe for us to be either building into our communities, um, reaching out to people that, um, that need God's love. Um, but sometimes we write Saturday off because we're tired from Monday to Friday. So once again, I think we just need to be disciplined with the hours that we've got on the Saturday um, and just plan it a little bit better. Um, as Almost plan it as well as some of us will plan our working days, um, hour by hour, meeting by meeting. Um, so I think calendar invites can be a godsend. Um, that's enough for me when it comes to the week. Um, I'll chime in when you're talking about your week perhaps later on, but what are your thoughts when it comes to time management, Ken? Yeah, trying to, trying to think of where to start because those questions that you present, they're, they're really good for thinking about, well, has what I've been doing fruitful? Well, I think to take a step back, time management starts with you actually stopping once in a while to reflect. I think the, the big problem is most people can spot what's going off in their life, but they often can't see it until they slow down. To put it in this, in this way, most people kind of rush from place to place and, and it's those moments where people tend to forget things or they're late and they're jumping around here and there and they're not doing a job to you know, the best that, of their ability and that's because they've managed that time so poorly that they haven't had time to actually stop to consider what they need to do or whether they can do it well. Uh, but so for me, the first stage of time management is more about decision making through prioritization over how efficiently can you do as much as you can. Because kind of as you've mentioned, Marcus, it's not really that you can create time for yourself, mm-hmm. but with everyone's equal finite time each day or each week, you get a week, I get a week. How have I used that worthwhile? And, and Paul shares something quite great in Two Thessalonians three. And he says, well, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we command you to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. Hmm. We did this, not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. Further down then he goes, well, we hear some people are idle and disruptive. They're not busy, but they're busy bodies. With such people we command to settle down and earn the food they eat. As for you, brothers, never tire of doing what is good. And it's a story of not saying that, well, you need to be working all day, all night. But the principle behind it is, have you managed your time in such a way that you're starting to become a burden unto others? Maybe it means you're managing it poorly so that you're rocking up late all the time and everyone's waiting for you. Uh, On the other hand, maybe you've managed your time so that you don't have time for the people that matter. So it's kind of about that prioritization of going okay well what's been killing my time and well Paul says that one of the worst cases then is being idle doing nothing 
Uh, and there's a good doing nothing and a bad doing nothing. A good nothing could be taking the time to stop, to reflect, to think. And, and so in that case, you're not doing anything. But there's the do nothing where you really are just lying around yeah. doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And the sad part is that we probably do that way more often than we'd like. And it ends up costing us. Either now we don't work as hard and we don't achieve things and we're a burden to others. Or we're actually not following God to the capacity that we are given. Uh, And so there's another proverb that says, well, don't love sleep or you'll grow poor. Stay awake or you'll have food to spare. And it's not to say that, well, don't sleep anymore. But if you're someone that's sleeping for ages, and especially sometimes with uni, I I remember those days where you don't really have to wake up for something and you're just in bed forever. Your day becomes Mm. so short. And scarily, when you ask those questions that Marcus has asked, you wonder why my day was so fruitless. So the Bible does present us kind of with four choices. We can rest, do good, do nothing, or do evil. And I hope we alternate between the first two rather than the other two. I think another good way as well to kind of touch into it would be to pray. And now it sounds weird to pray to do time management, but sometimes when you ask someone else to pray for you with time management, well, that's not going to encourage you to control yourself. But when you pray, you start prioritizing things in your life. You pray and you go, well, God's good for me. God has given me so much. What am I doing? Or you'll pray and go, well, this person is struggling and I'm praying for them, but how am I meeting their needs with my time? So, so that's kind of how I embody that first, first stage. We'll pray to prioritize and encourage ourselves and energize ourselves to accomplish what's ahead. Because sometimes the week is full and it should be so because there's a challenge for us to complete. But the question of time management so far will be a what and a why, which is what should I be doing? why is it important that I'm doing prioritizing say reading or learning over swiping through social media and being unfruitful or setting time to reach out to a friend as we mentioned before over watching YouTube at home I think after that that's when you master it more it becomes a different question of balance a how question how, how can I achieve what I said I would do is it feasible and can I do it at once or do I have to space it out I think that, that's the question now maybe that kind of leads us into the habit space, which is, mm-hmm. well, what are some ways that makes things a bit more feasible and makes things a little bit easier for us? And I'll hand over to Marcus for that kind of, yeah. what are some of the habits you can think of? Yeah. And I just want to repeat what you said, because that was, that was gold. I, that, I found that really helpful. So for our listeners, it's, we're presented with the same four choices um, each time. We can either one, rest, two, do good, three, do nothing, or four, do evil. Yeah, that, that was awesome. Thanks for that, Ken. Uh, when it comes to habits, so I think the two are, they, they are linked because habits are the tools that help us to, they're one of the tools that help us to um, make good use of our time. Uh, but habits by themselves are not necessarily good or bad things. We all have habits whether we know it or not, uh, whether it's the types of foods that we just keep going back to, to eat even the way that we eat, I literally, one hour ago, my wife revealed to me that I slurp really loudly when I um, eat noodles. So that's a habit that I, I have, you know. To me, it's a great habit. It shows shows uh, respect to the chef. 
but to some that that could be a rude habit. Uh, we've got habits in the way that we dress uh, and even in the words that we speak. But uh, a helpful list of categories for listeners when it comes to habits, for me at least, it's four different types. So there's diet and exercise, but then there's also taking and giving. So there's diet, exercise, taking, and giving. So diet's pretty self-explanatory, right? So what sort of foods am I eating? Am I eating right and taking care of my organs, my guts, my blood, my whatever? Um, and am I honoring God and by taking care of my body? Um, but that also leads into the second types of habits, where they're actual physical exercise types of habits. How am I taking care of my health um, through exercise? Uh, the third type of habit is the habits of taking. So what am I consuming for myself? So consuming type of habits might be reading a book where you're consuming information um, or also listening to a podcast. Uh, but you could also be consuming entertainment. You could be watching TV. Um, it could also be shopping. I mean, that's another form of consumption. It might be retail consumption. Uh, those are a lot of the taking types of habits. Then there are the giving types of habits. What are you giving of yourself or of what you have to other people? So you might have a volunteering habit. You might have a habit of catching up with someone regularly. You might have a habit of serving at church. Uh, you might have, have a habit of spending time with a friend doing a reading plan on version. So there's so many types of habits to be thinking about. But when it comes to... Um, keeping it simple something that really changed the way i thought about habits is this concept of keystone habits now a keystone habit is simply a, tr a habit that triggers a series of related or in some cases actually unrelated behaviors or habits there have been studies that show as a family unit eating dinner together as a family at home whilst in itself is a great habit but it actually leads to a whole bunch of unrelated habits being picked up, whether it's the study habits of the children, confidence of the family members, um, budget management for the whole family. These are habits that flow from the keystone habit of eating dinner together as a family at home. For me, I would love to be able to say my keystone habit is reading God's word, but I know the reality of who I am and my keystone habit is exercise. So if I can wake up early and get a 20-minute workout in, um, that becomes a habit that really drives the rest of my day. I feel better, I feel motivated, and I feel like I've got you know, a better ability to take on the responsibilities of my day. Um, and one of those things is um, I like to read the Bible when I'm cooling down from exercising. So as I get that, almost like that endorphin flow maybe from exercise, I'm almost tacking on reading the Bible with that. Um, so that's just my own personal way of you know, incorporating exercise, whether it's a physical habit, but also a uh, consumption when it comes to feeding on God's word in my life. Uh, but like all, all things, I think it's trial and error. We've just got to be brave enough to try different things. Um, and a lot of the times we'll fail, but we'll just learn pretty valuable lessons from from those trial and errors. Um, so yeah, diet, exercise, taking and giving. I don't really have much else to, to say about diet. Um, I think a lot of 
people nowadays are pretty aware of what's healthy and what's not healthy. It's always, it's a Google search away. Um, when it comes to exercise, I think um, the only thing that I would share with people is don't just exercise to like look good because that just builds on vanity and it's it, it ends so quickly. Um, for me, a really good way of motivation for exercise was seeing my parents grow older and seeing their body just wear down with just natural age has actually shaken me up in terms of how I view uh, investing in my body's health at a younger age. And it's when I can see um, a lot of older guys in the church that are still so active and are helping out with their community, um, investing in other people, um, but they're, they're fit enough to do that. That to me is a pretty um, good motivation to be waking up those early mornings and just running around, jumping around and just, yeah, just exercising. Yeah. What about you, Ken? What are your thoughts when it comes to habits? Yeah, uh, well, those are pretty much the stock standard of very important habits, which is keeping yourself alive. And also just kind of prioritizing your health. Because it's actually quite hard to be uh, fruitful when you're not feeling great. Mm. And it shouldn't always be a case where we are trying to push ourselves through how we feel. But if we do have good habits that kind of help us out a little there to be a bit more energetic, to be able to do a bit more, I think that, that does really help with time management. So that's great advice from Marcus there. Also, this tea is so amazing. You like my tea? For any listeners, Ken is drinking a glass of milky oolong from T2T. Shout out to T2. Yeah, shout out to T2. <laughs> We're not paid for that, but uh, so it's, sorry, just kind of refreshing the mind here. I think the best part about habits is the investment in how it helps us free our mind. Because once it becomes a habit, you kind of just do it. Mm-hmm. Well, most times now, I don't even need my alarm. I wake up at six forty-five five minutes before I, I set it and, and that alarms there's just a, an emergency because maybe I've had a long night and I don't wake up and, and so you don't really have to think about it because I think if you think about all the things you have to balance most in life and, and we kind of talked about that that's the second stage of time management issues well there's just so many things to work through we have to balance sleep uh, if you are married you have to balance make sure you spend time with your wife and your husband you have to balance formal church activities, whether it's participation or leading. You balance work, uh, balance one-on-one discipleship. Maybe if you do that, which is which is good, or if you meet in a group to do so. You want to manage your non-Christian relationships. You want to manage your Christian relationships. Uh, for those who are dating, you want to kind of have some time to do that as well. Then you've got to manage your personal growth, and most importantly, your time with God. And, and it's so hard because when you start trying to have to think of how to balance all of those out. Mm-hmm once it's it's a really terrifying thought and often for then by the time we've balanced everything out we kind of slide time with god as a gap filler like oh i finally got a bit of like five minutes left or i'm just waiting for someone to arrive i might read the bible and there's no quality time in that at all you wouldn't do that to any of your friends um so i think that's the big perk of a habit is to start working ways to do something naturally so that if you naturally have habits to grow personally with God, and, and that is, you know, simple habits like reading the Word, praying. If you've got natural habits to protect your health, brushing your teeth and whatnot, you, you start to take away a lot of these things that you have to think about to free your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so maybe this is 
some some habits that I'd like to share because I've read a book recently called Surprise the World by Michael Frost. And and Christians nowadays really struggle to find time to share the gospel with people. They either think, well, man, if I was a great Christian, I should just be standing on the street and preaching the gospel all the time. But obviously that's very scary, and, and you might feel condemned if you don't do it, or am I not doing quite right? But the Bible doesn't call for all of us to do that, but the Bible does tell all of us to share the gospel anyway. And there's actually some habits that you can take on to make sure that you create more opportunities and help yourself to be able to share the gospel more mm-hmm. often. Uh, definitely a question to think is, when's the last time you shared the gospel? And if that kind of irks you a little bit, then, then you know. But, but the model kind of Michael Frost presents is the Bell's model. And that's what I'd love to share today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's bless, eat, listen, learn, and to be sent. And, and it's quite simple. It's very doable. And I, I suspect that you'll do this quite often in your life anyways. But now it's something that you can intentionally build into a habit that you continuously do so that regularly in your life you don't have to so actively try to work for gospel opportunities, you naturally do it. Mm. Uh, Bless is really easy. Bless three people in a week. Uh, When it's three people, it will be bless one non-Christian, bless someone who's Christian, and the third is your choice. Mm. And, And blessing can be very simple. Uh, it can be something like a gift, but even a word of encouragement to say, well, Marcus, I think the points that you shared are great, or Marcus, you spoke really well the other day, and just sharing that kind of blessing and encouragement, well, that actually helps to uplift people in their life. And they start to see that you're a person that blesses and you're a person that gives. Uh, this one I think people probably do quite often, but it's good to do it intentionally, and that is to eat with three people in a week. I mean, if you're going to eat around, from my maths, 21 meals a day, mm-hmm. uh, some people might split it up into more or less, you might as well eat it with someone. Uh, and if you intentionally meet up and eat and share a meal with a non-Christian, and share a meal with a Christian, there's just so much that you can share with one another. The Bible's always called for us to find communion amongst a meal, and that's what Holy Communion is. And it's really amazing to be able to set that time to just eat with someone. So just having that habit, which is quite simple, it doesn't take a huge toll on your life because you have to eat anyway. Mm. It gives you that opportunity as well. Mm. Uh, these are two that are a bit more personal, which is to listen. Uh, and I think this is absolutely essential, especially when everyone seems to struggle with finding time, which is set a deliberate time just to stop and to listen to God. It might feel a bit weird, but it's an experiment almost for you to just... Close your eyes, cut out as much distraction as you can, mm. and just try to focus on God in your thoughts. Uh, you might even say certain words to try to center yourself. You might say, you know, oh, you know I'm trying to think of how God is loving and, and God is gracious. And, and you will have all these thoughts try to come in and enter your head whilst just doing, being still because you're not used to doing nothing. And it's a challenge to push those thoughts away and slowly let yourself align with God and let His thoughts come in and His Spirit to speak to you. It's not that you're going to be a prophet, but you'll find yourself then actually aligning so much more with God and wanting to live for Him. And that's why listening is so important. Mm -hmm. Now the fourth one is set a deliberate time to learn Jesus. 
Uh, and it's not just your regular daily devotion. I, I mean reading the Gospels and reading what Jesus has done, who he is. Um, if you spend a lot of time, over time, learning Jesus, then, well, whenever someone wants to talk to you about Jesus, you will know him quite well. Mm. You won't quote facts that, oh, I think Jesus loves, or, you know, Jesus died for you, but you'll have lots of kind of knowledge of, well, actually, Jesus is someone who fights for the poor. Jesus is someone who's very compassionate. Uh, Jesus is very direct in his speaking. You kind of actually know who he is, and that helps you to share who he is better. But the last one is a little bit different, um, and I've been trying to start this myself, and I think it actually changes the way you think about it. And, and it's really just, re- it's, it's sent, but really it's recording how you've managed to share the gospel in the different ways of your life in the week. Uh, whether you've been able to just tell someone a part of the gospel, uh, maybe talk about the brokenness of the world and talk about what Jesus fixes, or maybe talking about how God comforts you um, because you know your identity in Christ. And, and recording this down kind of makes you know how then and how often you've spoken to people and, and what people have been able to respond to in your life. Mm. Uh, so that's the Bell's model, and I recommend that kind of habit structure so that it makes it easier and it makes it normal in your life to share Jesus with others. Mm. Uh, and I'll pass it back to you, Marcus. Perfect. For, for your habits. Quick recap of that, because once again, everything coming out of Ken's mouth is gold tonight. So that's B-E-L-L-S, Bells. That's bless, eat, listen, learn, and scent. I have another Bells habit, and mine is Bells Hot Chicken. <laughs> but I'm going to learn this one. Um, that's, pretty, that's pretty inspiring stuff. And I never really thought about my habits that way. So um, hopefully, listeners, you can try this one with me. Uh, try the Bells model. Um, we're going to wrap that up. Uh, so to wrap up, we talked about two things today, or we focused on two things, time management and habits. So two separate issues, but often really related to one another. Um, my key takeaway from this is in line with what Ken said, that we have to start with the what and the why. So if we don't have purpose behind our decisions, we're going to revert back to whatever made us feel good in the past or whatever is just easiest. Everything from there onwards is about practice, discipline, accountability, failing and learning from failing um, and relying and depending on God. Like Moses said, teach us to number our days. This is not something where you'll see results in the short term or have an immediate payoff. Um, But the thing with habits, at least, is in a few months' time, as you become faithful with your time and your habits, you're going to see and be able to reflect on how God can use your time in remarkable ways for His glory. But it all starts today with you taking that next small step. Ken, what about you? Concluding remarks? Yeah, I I think you might have heard a lot of habits shared from Marcus and myself. And Marcus has shared some really great habits and thoughts on time management. But I also suspect that some of them you thought, well, this is a good idea and I might try this. And some of them, such as waking up at six to exercise in the morning, might freak you out a little bit. And so we're probably not suggesting that you take all these habits and go, well, these are truth and now we have to follow these habits. But they are good ways to use and evaluate your life. And that's kind of my concluding remark would more kind of follow around the lines of, well, Marcus has mentioned things like diet, exercise, but also importantly, giving and taking. And he, it's not a, well, you have to give in this way, you have to take in this way, you have to exercise in this way. 
But I think the principles are there that, well, if you're managing your time, you need to set yourself up in a way that primes you to succeed and primes you to follow God at your best. Um, So I definitely follow those kind of principles that Marcus has set out. And just really, if you take that time to stop and pray and time manage, you might actually find yourself in control of your time for once Mm -hmm. rather than your activities controlling you. It'll be great to pray and have a look at your week ahead and start relying on God early. I think my my closing remark of time management is is that it's easier to put on a life jacket while you're dry to save yourself from when you're drowning later on Mm. than trying to put it on when your head's already deep in the water. So start your time management early. Start preparing your habits early. And, And sooner or later, you'll find yourself, well, actually, managing gets a lot easier. So listeners, there you go. Start today. That's it. That's all the time we've got for now. We're pretty time poor. Just (laughs) kidding. Uh, But that is all the time we've got today. So we'll see you all on the next episode of the Young Adults Podcast by Grace Church.